If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also reach out to ManBlues via email at manblues at gmx.com, at manbluesuk on Twitter, or find us on Mastodon by searching for at manblues. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I, like you, have Man Blues. This week's episode is Misery Loves Company. So, what do I mean? Also, welcome to the episode. I'm still growing, still learning, still figuring this thing out, and I realise that there's a couple of things I need to do each episode, one of which is to say hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Man Blues. You've probably heard the blurb at the start, but, you know, onwards and upwards. What do I mean about Misery Loves Company? I imagine this is not the first time you've heard the phrase. The definition for for this phrase, which has been stolen from a Google search, is This is an elegant sentiment that continues to echo through time and space. For people who are unhappy, it is indeed a source of comfort to share their sorrow with people in similar situations. Their misery loves the company of others who may understand the sorrow and grief like no one else. Now that particular definition refers very specifically to a perhaps an emotional problem or a physical problem that you've had or maybe you know just pulling any example out of the top of the thin air, uh, a divorce that you've gone through or a relationship breakup or things like that, something that's tangible and real. However, in my particular case, my misery loving company comes from something less tangible. It might be my opinion on something that I find somebody else shares the same opinion and that excites me. That someone else feels the same way I feel about this particular thing. But my feeling on that particular thing is a negative one. It means that if there's something out there and you dislike it, that's fine. But when you meet someone else who also dislikes it, you tend to bond over your combined dislike of that thing. In my case, and I realise this will polarise the audience, and if you feel strongly about this subject, I do apologise from the get-go, but my thing is Star Wars. People bang on and on and on to me about how amazing the Star Wars franchise is, and I am indifferent to it. I neither like it nor hate it. I'm just indifferent. I can take it or leave it, and people do not understand this. The fans of the movies do not understand that I don't have an opinion other than meh. And that's when I find someone else. And that can be interesting to me when I'm in the room and I find someone else who also is indifferent to Star Wars. I don't seek out people who hate Star Wars because I don't share that same feeling about it. But the point is... This misery-loving company can apply to anything. As I said, you can have it relating to a divorce or a breakup or, you know, whatever it be, whatever situation, you know, that is a physical or a, a real situation, but it can also be your opinion of something in the same way. So it could be any pop culture. You know, you might find that there's some singer doing the rounds at the moment that everybody loves and you're kind of, ugh, God, don't like that person. And then you find someone else who also doesn't like them and you have this mutual bond over your dislike of something that everybody else seems to enjoy. And sometimes, 
as is the case with me and my Star Wars thing. And I am aware, thank you, dear listener, for pointing out that I've said this on a podcast episode that is now going to be out there in the real world for people to keep finding. But sometimes you do keep your dislike of that particular thing hidden from others unless somebody else voices their dislike of the same thing. And then you can pipe up and go, yeah, 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 that's me. And other times you might be the one dissenting voice in the room and that's when it can get difficult and that's where it can affect your man blues. If you're the only person there with that opinion on that particular thing and nobody else joins in, you've automatically alienated yourself from everybody else. So that's where it can deviate from misery loving company because we tend to only surround ourselves with people who are dealing with the same misery and that same misery then becomes a shared misery. So what are we saying? Well, we're saying it's a bonding thing. Whatever it is that's caused you pain, you will find that you enjoy swapping misery stories with somebody else. My wife left me, she took everything, etc. Or I support this sports team who are terrible. You will bond with another person over the same misery and you will share that. And each time you see each other, you'll be reminded of that. And you'll be, oh, this is the guy who dislikes that football team. This is the guy who had the horrible, messy divorce that wasn't as bad as mine, whatever it be. But my problem with it is, is that it can be a spiral of mental harm where you may only seek out others with the same misery or pain and only ever talk about that. Whilst it's encouraged, and we say this all the time on this podcast, talk, talk, talk. Whilst it's encouraged to talk about your problems and issues and in this case miseries, it's not wise to only dwell on the bad side of things. It really isn't. Some things need to be discussed from start to finish, top to bottom, backwards and forwards. That's understood. But you need to reframe certain things to make sure that you can get over them and move on. It can also get worse. You can end up having it become a competition as to which one of the two of you has had more misery on that subject. And worse still, you are repeating and reinforcing the bad memories or emotions associated with that thing. Okay, I understand that the example I gave about Star Wars, if I keep talking about how I'm indifferent to Star Wars and how it's just a meh sort of thing, that doesn't necessarily put me into a spiral of self-perpetuating misery. But it can do if you're talking about an emotional thing or a relationship thing or something tangible. So in that case, if you're repeating those bad memories and you're reinforcing them, you're going to eventually end up leading yourself down an unconscious desire to return to the status quo of unhappiness. Some people who seem comfortable in their misery may actually be suffering from an underlying mental health disorder. Is that you? Are you doing this misery loving company thing because you want to find somebody else because you're enjoying being unhappy? Also, what if you never find a like mind but end up alienating yourself from everyone around you with your contrary opinion on whatever it is? You derive happiness from this shared misery, but that can get addictive and it has to be acknowledged by you that it is not healthy to seek this sort of happiness. So when I was trying to find out positivity for this particular issue, as you can imagine, I've Googled something that's intangible. It's just a phrase, an explanation of certain situations and behavioral types, but there is an underlying element of 
enjoying the misery and how to stop enjoying the misery and how to stop being miserable. So when I was typing into the searches, how to stop loving my misery, I was given a plethora of websites. There was so much information out there that if I was to read all of it now and give you all the URLs, we would be here all day. Nobody wants that. I found a site that was pretty much top of the search and it basically just said how to stop being miserable. And I wondered, is that the problem? Misery loving company is that you bond with this other person over this shared misery. I hate that football team as well and I'm a supporter of them. I hate that particular film as well and I do not like how other people love it so much. I don't see what people see in that. If that's the case, then you are specifically with you know Star Wars film it's unharmful it doesn't cause anybody any harm that you have a contrary opinion to everybody else it doesn't matter but if you're talking about something more serious like a relationship falling apart or the divorce that you went through that was particularly painful or even just those horrific jokes everybody makes about oh my wife is a horrible 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 that sort of thing will spiral you out of control so I found this website that basically gives you 12 tips on how to stop being miserable. At the moment, I'm not sure whether that will help this particular situation because this is a behavioral trait that we're discussing. And the behavioral trait being that you're seeking other people who share this misery. But nevertheless, I'm going to read these 12 out. The URL is, as ever, included in the blurb for this episode, so you can go and read it all. There was a lot more reading on the page. So if you feel that you're one of these people who is a little bit miserable about certain things and you feel alone in that misery, or even if you've been finding other people who share that misery with you, it's time to reframe. So number one is to recognize the unhappiness you are experiencing. Chances are you're already there, but what is the first step? Acknowledge, take stock, realize you're doing it. Number two is to offer yourself some compassion. Number three says, give yourself permission to be happy when possible. And number four, experience pleasing and healthy distractions. Well, I needn't explain to you how key that is. Healthy distractions are much, much better than unhealthy ones. And an unhealthy one is seeking out more people who are miserable. Number five is hold tightly to your self-care program. If you don't have a self-care program, now's the time to get one. Number six, seek out creative and meaningful activities. Don't wallow in the misery, but seek out some positivity. Number seven is compartmentalize. As I say, there's a lot more explanation to these bullet points on the website. So please click on the link and have a read of it if you are struggling with this misery. And number eight is realize that everything changes, which includes your perception of it. Number nine, change one small aspect of your situation. That's for the more tangible stuff. That's for the more physical stuff. If, I mean, with the Star Wars films, and I'm kind of, every time I mention Star Wars, I realize what I'm doing, I'm just getting a bigger spade and digging a deeper hole. But with the Star Wars films, my original opinion on them was, they're boring, I don't like them, they're not very good. But then I've watched them again and again and again with other people, and I can see the nuances of the stories, and I can understand how it all unfolds. But that meant that I reframed my opinion of those films by basically just saying, well, I'm indifferent to them now. I don't hate them, I'm just indifferent. And that makes a massive difference to the whole situation. Number 10, ask for help. Always ask for help, always talk about stuff. We keep repeating this. 
Number 11 is to help others. And number 12 is be grateful for what you can. So in fact, as I said before, Google this yourself. I found a lot of sites offering helpful advice to help reframe your misery. Maybe I wasn't successful in finding ways to help stop seeking out others with the same misery. But if you can reframe your source issue, you will unconsciously stop seeking out others to join in and wallow. And yes, maybe have that mental split between tangible and intangible. You can't affect your opinion on a film and nobody can, nobody else can affect your opinion on a film. You've made that opinion. You might re-watch like I've done and change it from hate to indifference or you may be indifferent already from the start but you're never going to like something you initially disliked in terms of film or pop culture. No one's expecting you to enjoy your divorce. If you did enjoy your divorce, the marriage was terrible which means you need to reframe your opinion on the marriage. That's how you need to drill into this. I'm Leon Deggs and I can assure you that you are not the only person who hates that thing, whatever it is. But I can also assure you that you can overcome this and be happier. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.